Thanks for listening to the Healthy Church Podcast with Larry Barker and Drew Klein. The Healthy Church Podcast is an honest conversation about what it means to be part of a healthy church. There are no perfect churches because they're all filled with imperfect people led by imperfect leaders. But by God's grace, we can begin to dialogue about what changes can be made in our lives as leaders and in the churches we serve in order to better love God and His people. For more information and other resources, go to HealthyChurchPodcast.com. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us on the Healthy Church Podcast. Larry, it's good to see you, man. I I, uh, had the privilege of riding back from, from the conference we were at together from Dallas to Little Rock, so we got five hours with each other. It was pretty wonderful. Uh, and now we got another little bit to be together to now talk about the things we talked about. It's wonderful. Yeah, and we just came out of a great youth conference, didn't we? Man, it was good. It was it good. Was good. And uh, I hung around to hear this dude preach that's a good friend, <laughs> and you'll never say it, so I'll say it. Dude, you brought it yesterday morning, man. Well, thank it you, was brother. good stuff. God used you and spoke. I know our church, uh, there are a couple of young, I told you yesterday, our youth pastor told uh, told me that a couple of kids made a decision for Christ yesterday morning. Praise God. Uh, following the message. And so, yeah, it was great riding back with y'all. And uh, and Lori was there. and uh, But she never has much to say, does she, Drew? No, she's pretty quiet. <clears throat> but man, I love her input. I do. I do. We just we just had a great time fellowship and we got talking about what? What did we start talking about? Well, when we're together, we usually end up talking about two or three of our favorite things and yeah. we talked a lot about mission on the way home. We did. Uh, yeah, about living out of a missional life. Yep. And uh matter of fact, you made a comment to me and it's kind of how, what came out of this podcast. And uh, and I was I was telling you if I was ever a part of South City I'd be the the worst uh, partner because I'd never be around and and you kind of caught me off guard when you said well we want somebody around that's an example of exactly what we're challenging our people to do <laughs> to live on mission and I went oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> well that I mean. It's it's funny, but that's the that's something we've really been struggling with is because yeah. for so long we we judge people's connectedness to the Lord by their attendance of a service or their attendance in a group of people and not in their uh, intentionality and mission where they live. And so I I think that would be something that um, would be a great thing for us to to grow in. And we need people who are doing that to show us how. You know, Drew, and and I want to say this because I know we're not saying it's an either or. The problem is it's become one over the other. And it's a both and because we both Mm -hmm. believe in the importance of the body getting together, encouraging, loving, praying, uh, all the things that the body of Christ is to be doing for one, doing life together. We heard a great message at SOAR from Nathan Brewer on, man, get in there, be a family and stick it out. Mm-hmm. And it was an awesome message and challenged us. So we're not saying do the other and forget the other. No, but we do the one pretty well, and the other is overlooked so yeah. often. Well, you know, we've we've talked about Acts 2 so often, yeah. uh, 42 to 47, 
and we, we, we love all the different aspects and all the things that are going on in that early church. But let's not forget the very last part of that is, and the Lord added to their number daily. And the only way that that happens no, is a couple of things. His leading and his movement, number one, nothing happens apart from that. But it also happens with people willing to be on mission where they live. And that's so it is a it's a being the church and, and being on mission as the church. It is a two sides of the coin, I believe. Yeah, I want to uh, we picked a couple verses and I'm going to share one. You're going to share sure. a, another maybe here in a few minutes. But I just love this. In 2 Corinthians 2.14, he says, Thanks be to God who always leads us in Christ's triumphal procession and through us, love that, spreads the aroma of the knowledge of him Mm. in every place. Mm -hmm. And so we're to be spreading the aroma of Christ Mm. And we're to do it in every place. When this airs, I'll be out of the country and we'll be on a missions trip. But man, mission trips are awesome. But we're on a mission trip every day of our life. In every place, we're to be spreading the aroma of Christ. And what does that look like? And how do we do that? And what are some practical tips? Because I think we've made it far more complicated than it is. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do mine now since you've you've hey, done yours. We're gonna we told we decided we're gonna give you some looks at Second Corinthians here. But one of the things I think the church we we struggle with and we make a mistake with is we don't sometimes think that new new believers can be on mission. We Ooh. we don't you know we we think that they we need to spend so much time in, in preparing them, but. I just love this from from Paul in Second Corinthians five seventeen. Everybody's going to be familiar with this. Therefore, if anyone is in creation in, in Christ, he is a new creation. So that's speaking about being saved. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So he's saying, you were lost, now you're saved, you have a new life, the old life is gone, but not only are you saved, you now have a ministry, a ministry of reconciliation. And he goes on to say, that is, in Christ Jesus, uh, he's reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. So I, I just love the, the connection of, yeah, you've been changed, and yeah, you've been saved. But when you're, so we've, we've used this phrase before. I think this is the title of a message I preached. If you're saved, you're sent. You know, that God has now changed your life and he's given you a purpose to make him known. And so now we can be ambassadors right where we live and that aroma can be a part of our life. Yeah, we talked last uh, podcast about Jesus being referred to in the book of John as the sent one. And even the father's identity was the father who sent me. Mm-hmm. The word sent in the book of John is used over 60 times and he passes that primary identity, Drew, onto us when he says, even as the Father sent me, even so send I you. Now, all the things he could have said we were to be, 
Bible studiers, prayer warriors, mm-hmm. uh, mercy givers. Uh, I mean, the list could just go on and on of all the identities right there, yep. right before he goes back to the Father that he could have signed us. But what does he say? Mm-hmm. I'm sending you just mm-hmm. like the Father sent me. Mm. You know, so we good. heard another great message. Uh, and by the way, we need to put it in the, the show notes that uh, they can. Uh, I know they're going to put these messages online, uh, BMA of America, and uh, and we'll get that and put it in the show notes. But Jeremy Hambrice, man, mm, wow, so good. Bring Here's a guy that got called up to play with the New York Mets, but understood, you know, this isn't my purpose and uh, laid his yes on the table and said, God, I'll go wherever, and ends up in Pawpaw, New Guinea, reaching unreached people groups that had never even had their own language written down. But now they do and have the word of God in their own language and reaching people for Christ. And it's all because he realized, wait a minute, I'm sent. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, we kept hearing that, you know, if you're saved, you're sent and you, it's not a, um, something you get a vote on, (laughs) right? It's a calling on Mm -hmm. our life. And I hope people will go and listen to these messages because they were great messages that'll challenge you in this area. Yeah, I, I love Jeremy's message. I thought it was amazing. And, and what a story. I'm, I'm excited yeah. to tell that story in video uh, pretty soon. So we'll see what, how that happens. But yeah, it'll be well, good. where are we going in the specifics of being a sent believer today? Well, it's the idea. It's just the realization that um, recognize where God has placed you. God determined your borders. God determined your boundaries. And in those boundaries, you know, you need to, you need to be thinking about where God has placed you. And I brought up Jeremy because I told you a story of something that happened in our church time. Uh, our group got together after Jeremy had preached, Nathan and Jeremy, and they were talking. And one young man was talking and he said, guys, Man, y'all need to really pray. I'm going off to this college. I'll be all by myself. I'll be lonely. And, and, uh, and it was just all kind of, man, this is going to be tough. And man, I was so proud of our youth pastor. He goes, let me flip that for you. No, you're being sent. You're going as an ambassador. You're going to represent Christ. You're being placed there by God. And we're your family, and we're going to support you. And And I love what, what Branson said. Branson said, and we're always just a text message away. That's all you got to do. You need yeah, us. It. Text us. And, and we're there for you. And so it's flipping that mentality. Oh, look where I am. And. Drew, I even remember years ago, the first time it really bothered me in the pastor. And here's what it was. Pastor, would you pray for me because I need another job? Well, why? Everybody I work with is lost. And I'm like, well, why don't we pray for you to be a witness? (laughs) (laughs) Why don't we pray for God? And I know there are situations that that are hard and tough and difficult. I sure. get it. Sure. But but usually we just want the easiest, the path of least resistance mm-hmm. and yep. the easiest path. And I was like, wait a minute. 
God's placed you there, wherever you are, that job, Mm -hmm. that school, that neighborhood, that school. God has placed you there. And for us to, to, to understand that God sent me here to represent him well. Yeah. Well, one of the theologies of, of, I think, Christianity in the last several years has just become uh, the religion of me. It's all about me. And that, what you're talking about is going, nope, none of this is about me. It's not my story. It's his. And we, we are sent. And how can God use me where I am for his glory? And that's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and there's some practical questions in this theology of place that you need to ask yourself. First of all, what do you see? I mean, just sit back. And and look and what do you see? Where what's going on? What what's happening? You know, in in the culture where I've been uh, pastoring, uh, I can tell you there there are just a couple of things. If you really want to make an impact uh, in, there, there are a couple of things you need to get involved in, and that's what you need to do. Where can you get involved in your community? What can you do? What do you see? What kind of rises to the top? I mean, so often it's the no-brainers, you know, schools, you know, uh, what kind of relationship can you have there? What can you do? Maybe the, uh, uh, oh gosh, Chamber of Commerce, I almost drew a blank. Uh, How can you get involved there? What are some other places, uh, things that you can do and places that you can volunteer? I mean, our good friend Rob Hager, uh, we've used him before, but up there in Plano, Illinois, the mayor knows if they're going to put on an event, he can call Jacobs Well and they're going to help. You know, and they've come alongside and they've built a great testimony Mm -hmm. for Christ that, hey, we're in this to be a blessing to our city. And that's Mm -hmm. what you got to do. What do you see around you? Mm -hmm. Step back and watch and see. Got anything on that you want to add? Well, just thinking of the word context. This is what you're talking about. What what is the city? What does the city love? What does the city smell like, look like? What, What can we learn by being a student of the people who live here? And when, how can I come alongside where they already gather, what they already love, where, you know, just the school sports, what, whatever it is, there are places you need to pay attention to because that's what, that's what's on their heart. And that's where we're, that's what we're going after. Yeah, that's good, Drew. And you just made me think of something. Um, I've had several, uh, language groups that we plant with Russian, Arabic, Urdu, uh, Spanish, of course. But when I start talking to them, I'd say, okay, where, where are you going to go? How are you going to meet people? Oh, we're going to go to the market. I said, what? We're, we're, well, they have this market that everything's our food and our language. And there's mm-hmm. a, a big board up there advertising jobs and, and things. I, and I went, huh, I now have a church planter that was saved in, in one of those markets Uh, because a person in that market started talking to him, building a relationship to him, and eventually won him to Christ. And now he's planning a church in El Cajon, uh, California, amongst the Arabic-speaking people. And so what do you see? Where do you have to go? And and that brings us to the next thing. Who do you see? Mm -hmm. You know, not only what do you see, but, but who do you see? And that makes it a little bit more personal. I don't mean broad 36,000 foot view. What I mean is 
Who do you personally see face to face? Who do you have your focus on? Right. I mean, that's why some people prayer walk in their communities. Uh, and uh, I've had a lot of uh, people tell me, I meet a lot of people just walking my dog. And uh, and it's not just walking their dog. They walk them further than they really would have to. And they do it. Why? To get out there and, and to meet people. And who is it you can see? And, mm-hmm. and uh, do you have your eyes on them? And are you aware of them? That's mm-hmm. a big, big question. Mm-hmm. That's this Greek word that's become popular in, in the missional neighboring kind of movement of yeah. oikos. This is yes. who are who are you already connected to? What's the gym that you're part of or the volleyball parents that your kids play on the team? Where can you just open your eyes and see who's around you and how you can be a part of what God wants to do in their lives? Yeah, and you know, the, the thing there, I like a couple, and I don't remember who, but I've read a couple articles and book a couple, <laughs> uh, but uh I love the idea of man. Go to go to the coffee shop and have a Bible study and open up your Bible, and you'll be surprised who will walk up to you and ask you questions. And it's true. Mm-hmm. Drew, I was up in Atlanta uh, with our good friend Tom Cox a few years ago. One of the largest coffee shops I've been. I mean, it was huge. There were just a bunch of areas. And so I I was walking through looking for a seat. I counted four Bible study groups going on in that coffee (laughs) shop. I just loved it. it. Uh, you know, and man, get out where they can see you and, and be aware of you and, 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 and find out, you know, you're not, you're not so bad after all, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, uh, because a lot of people have preconceived notions of, uh, you know, what a Christian's going to say to them or how they're going to act. And gosh, I sure hope we're going to love them enough that we can dissolve some of those uh, fears that they have that we created. It's true. We can correct a few of those things. Yes, we can, and be be kind, and, and and be courteous, and and be friendly. So, who do you see? Get your eyes on somebody, and and begin uh, that awareness. And when you become aware of them, then you want to begin building a relationship with them and connecting to them. You know how learn their name. You know, introduce yourself, get to know their name, and begin praying for them. And and then uh, how can you connect them or or, or help them? And uh, you know what can you do for them? Which that brings us to the next question. I think in this area of uh, the the theology of place. Okay, what do you see? Who do you see? Okay, now connect them. How can you help? What does that look like? You know, how can you help? You know, uh, I saw a guy the other day in our town, and uh, he had up a sign. And he said, I need a meal. Well, I know in our town where not far from where he was standing, uh, there's a free meal Monday through, uh, through Friday. And I also know that there's a man in our church that feeds them. So I stopped and I said, buddy, you hungry? He goes, oh, I just need a meal. And I said, okay. I said, if you'll go right over there to the Hope Center, you can get a meal. He said, you kidding? I said, oh, no. They serve a free meal every single day. So how can you help? You know, how can you connect those people? And, mm-hmm. uh, and we were talking about that a lot yesterday, weren't we? 
Mm-hmm. Definitely. You might be surprised what gifting you have or love that you have or passion that you have that God will use you and your your unique design in the mission that he's on. Yeah. Yeah, I even told you yesterday, every time Shelby goes to Walmart, I lose $20. <laughs> and because uh, uh, she just, I mean, she's got that big old heart and she wants to bless and, and she wants to help. I shared that from the pulpit. One of the men came to me and go, would you let me know when she's going to Walmart? <laughs> I said, yeah, I'll try, but anyway, <laughs> but I just love that. And, and, you know, I, I know we're scared about uh, people say, oh, you're just throwing that money away. Here's what I would say. If the Holy Spirit of God tells you to do it, obey, mm-hmm. and then leave the results to him. That's it. Uh, totally agree. Might, might they take that 20 and use it wrong? Absolutely. No mm-hmm. doubt about it. You just be obedient to what the Holy Spirit of God says to you, I don't want to support somebody's habit any more than anybody else does. Right. Uh, but I can't absolutely control that, no. uh, you know. So just be obedient to the leadership spirit. But I'd say this, then try to connect them. I was pointing him not just to a restaurant, um, and nothing wrong with that. I, I've seen stories on social media about um, a policeman seen a homeless guy and took him into a restaurant and fed him a meal. And what I even liked better, Drew, is he sat down at the table with him mm-hmm. and was sitting there and chatting with him. And, and I know folks that do that. Hey, you, you need a meal? Come on, let's go sit down and chat and talk and, 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 uh, and let me have a conversation with you and, right. and, and help you. And, and so I think it's, how can we go a step further and how can we connect them? Because we're not talking a social gospel here. No, no. We're not talking just giving them what, what they quote unquote want or need mm-hmm. because we know what they really need. And that's everybody is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so whatever we do, you know, we want to, if we can take that next step to connect them to the gospel, to the church, to someone who can help them and walk with them along the way. Absolutely. Just thinking about Jesus feeding the 5,000 and then feeding their souls. You know, there was, there was a need uh, of physical and spiritual that was met, and that's what we need to look to. It's yeah, good. I agree 100%. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I dealt with this, but I, I just want to stress it again. We need to recognize the importance of the Holy Spirit. You know, nudging us and 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 being obedient to to, to him and because I'll be I'll I'll just be transparent, Drew. There have been times the Holy Spirit nudged me to talk to somebody and I didn't, uh-huh. and I didn't. And and can I tell you how I knew it was the Holy Spirit? Because after I didn't, there was conviction. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's how I knew it was the Holy Spirit, and I went well. I blew that. I really did. Yeah. So this idea of being missional and living sin, it's it means being perceptive of where you are at. And that uh, we're watching to see where God is at work and we want to join him there. Uh-huh. You know, and and that's the whole idea of Henry Blackaby's experience of God, you know. Look for where God's working and join him there as as best you can and, and be aware of that. Because I've just seen over and over uh, how God's already at work. Don't don't think he isn't. We think we got to do all the work. And the Holy Spirit's already been at work. 
And it's sure. it's not about our abilities, but it's about allowing him to work through us. Mm-hmm. I, and we've talked about this, I think, but I love how the Lord works. When he, when he speaks to your heart about being obedient to do something, he's working on the other end as well. We often think it's all about us. Well, I just don't know if I can't. Well, if you knew that he was working over there and, and what he was doing over there might connect with what he's doing in you, then it would be easier to go, oh, okay, I'll, I'll go. It's, it's going to be a full circle moment. And we just got to trust that he is at work in them and in you. Absolutely. You mentioned a couple places already. We, you and I could give testimonies of where uh, through a group that a person in our churches is already connected to, has gotten a, a Bible study started after work in a restaurant. We could talk about where a Bible study got started in a gym. We could talk mm-hmm. about other ideas people have had. You know, man, be the aroma of Christ. Be yeah. that ambassador for Christ. And just see what happens and, and what takes place and, and what goes on. I was sharing with you yesterday. We drove by a coffee shop and, and it reminded me of a relationship when I lived near there that I, I built with a young man there. And man, we never agreed on anything, Drew. I mean, <laughs> nothing. I mean, uh, we, we didn't, but he was a, he was a great kid. I mean, he was, and I, I was certainly old enough to be his father, if not more. And, uh-huh. uh, and so I had been on the road traveling for, uh, the missions department and I went back in and nothing blessed my heart greater when that kid went, Larry, where you been, man? I said, well, I've been traveling. He goes, well, I've missed you. Uh, <laughs> and I said, and that just blessed my soul. And you know what? He he got me a coffee. I went over to the table. The next thing I knew, he came over, pulled up a chair, and wanted to talk. And, uh, uh, you know, and I just went, wow, uh, this is crazy. Uh, because he knew. I mean, we had been very straightforward. Now, very kind, very mm-hmm. respectful. But uh, we knew we didn't agree uh, on, on, you know, he... Uh, he doesn't believe in creationism and I don't believe in Darwinism. And we talked about that and we yeah. talked about many other positions, uh, but I would just challenge him. And, uh, and uh, you know, and he just came over and sat down and we picked right back up. And it's that kind of thing, just focused with an awareness and a perception of who is God put Mm-hmm. in front of you mm-hmm. that day so that you might think about, hey, how can I help them? And, you know, that help is not always, I mentioned a $20 bill. So often that help has nothing to do materialistic. It has everything to do with kindness mm-hmm. and friendly and love and and just being available to talk and 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 focused on building a relationship and letting them know you value them as a person. Yeah, well, even the story itself, Larry, speaks to the fact that he knew you valued him and there wasn't a contention in the disagreement, right? And that I think that speaks to your ability to, to love people who you disagree with or he disagrees with you, but yet he knew that you were friends. He knew that there was a... a uh, a relationship that had been built there, and that is so important. When we meet with people we disagree with, it it can't become contentious. we got to be careful on all these little hot points that can turn that way instead of being able to come back 
and connect on a heart level and relationship that who knows what God will do with that, you know? Yeah, I think there's something there too. And I have to watch myself. Please, everybody hear me. I've probably blown it more than I've done it right. But man, we want to get in the attack mode and mm-hmm. we need to straighten you out. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and I know I've done that. And, and, and some maybe listen to this go, boy, have you, uh, you know, <laughs> they may know firsthand. I don't know, but yeah. you just got to watch that and, uh, and be careful because so often we want to straighten them out. Mm-hmm. And, and, and especially we got to remember the Bible says their eyes are blinded. Yeah, and right. uh, and we've got to remember that. And and I'll say something here also because you and I were also talking about a comedian uh, that uh, yesterday that we both saw on a show. And and what was interesting to me, he was out and out funny. Man, was he funny! But through his routine, he got John three sixteen quoted about four times. <laughs> And I just went, that is genius. Yeah, that's creative. Right there. Mm-hmm. And even lost people, when he got done, were like, man, he made me want to go to church. Mm-hmm. You know? But they didn't even realize. And here's my point, Drew. Our words, yeah, they they can be important and and probably in the hurtful way far more than often the helpful way. But it's the word of God that's powerful and sharper and will not return unto him void. And yes. I, I just tell you, if you ever get the opportunity, you know, it, with that young man, there were many times I said, hey, have you ever heard about, and I would quote a verse to him. And he goes, what's that from? And then I'd tell him where it was. And I said, go look at it. And, uh, and, and he would tell me he did. And he'd come back with questions. He yeah. would. But I just want to say this. Get people to the Word of God. Because yes. the Word of God is what will work on their hearts and in their lives far more than anything we say. Amen. I believe it. Yeah. So I just hope that uh, we're ready uh, to, to live sent and to think about how that will work. I mean, that is that, that context. Looking for what are the spiritual needs? What are the... What are the uh, economic needs? What are the relational needs? Man, sometimes some some people just need a hug. Yeah. Sometimes some people just need a, a little bit of help. Shelby and I travel a lot, and man, we've been in airports and and uh, and seen people struggling with something, and and you help them, you know. And uh, and I've trained my people to if you get asked. Why, why would you do that? Uh, why Why would you help me there? I, I've just trained our people. So I just wanted to sh- demonstrate the love of Christ to you in a practical way. And if yeah. they don't go anywhere with it, leave it. Right. You know. But if that really that yeah. this is about then it, it has opened up those doors. So yeah. uh, love them, get the word to them. But you've got to be willing to be ready to respond to those Holy Spirit nudges. Mm-hmm. I think I'll close this just in, or at least in my part here, just to say, I'm thinking about Peter speaking yeah. to believers as aliens and strangers. And when you begin to live in such a way that the aroma of your life leads people to the idea, the hope of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus, who he, who he is through you, 
uh, it's going to be different than anything else that they experience in life and in this culture. And it, it is alien and it is beautiful and it will make them go, what, what was that about? And hopefully begin to consider the goodness of our God. That's, that's what fruit is. Uh, they will see your good works before men and glorify your Father in heaven, the Bible says. And that, that's what we're talking about today. How would you close us, Larry? You know, Drew, when I was about 10 years old, maybe 11, there was a tragedy in our family. And I won't go into the details, but I remember going to a funeral. I know I was at least 11 as I think about it. And I, for the very first time, I thought about an eternity because Mm -hmm. the preacher was talking about where you go when you die. And honestly, I wasn't raised in church, Drew. I never thought about it. I had never considered eternity. But it was the first time. And I just, I'm not trying to get on a prepare to meet thy God type of drumbeat here. And we need to be prepared to meet God. That's in the scriptures. Sure. sure. But I'm talking about those that just want to scream at those that, you know, who are the sinners, which, by the way, we all are. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I just want to say it, it's through some acts of kindness and doing something in a way that they, they don't realize to cause people to think about, you know, there's more to life here. And maybe there is an eternity. Maybe I need to slow down a little bit and just think about this. And that's being perceptive to where God is at work. Uh, Because God was at work in our family's life, and Mm. he used an individual to speak into my life. And it was about a year and a half later I put my faith and trust in Christ. Uh, but But it was following that I'm going, wait a minute. What does happen when you die? Where do you go? What are the options? What does that look like? Uh And I started looking for questions. And here's what I believe. If we'll be perceptive to those around us, people are looking for the answers to those questions. Amen. Amen. So my question for, for those who are watching or listening today is, are we leading people to status quo and just showing up for the thing? Or are we truly investing in people and equipping them to live sent? as people who are saved and sent as ambassadors for the ministry of reconciliation uh, in Jesus' name. That's our hope. That's what we're talking about today. So thanks for watching uh, the Healthy Church Podcast. If we can be a blessing to you or help you in any way, reach out to us, info at healthychurchpodcast.com. And uh, we'll talk to you next time on the Healthy Church Podcast. You've been listening to the Healthy Church Podcast, sponsored by Activate a church health ministry of the BMA. For more information, resources, and other related topics, please go to healthychurchpodcast.com or find us on Facebook at Healthy Church Podcast.